Hi, Matt family. Welcome back to season three of Beyond the Mat. I'm Lisa Schoenhold, owner of Brooklyn Embodied, and in this mom-centered podcast, we discuss pre- and postnatal exercise, labor and birth injuries, the demands of motherhood, and everything in between. In this episode, we will be talking with Anita Merchandani, talking about women's health, nutrition, specifically supporting perimenopause and menopause. Anita holds a master's degree in clinical nutrition and is a registered dietitian and owns a telehealth nutrition practice. Anita, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Lisa. I'm super excited to be here. Me too. Um, I know my clients are also very excited for this episode and have given me a list of questions that you would like answers to. So why don't we start with just telling us a little bit about your background and why you decided to pursue becoming a dietitian? Sure. So I have been in this space for about 15 years. I started off actually, believe it or not, in the fitness space. I was Mm -hmm. um, a certified personal trainer, a spinning instructor, and kickboxing in like the gym world of Manhattan, the New York Mm -hmm. sports clubs, the New York um, health and racket, crunch fitness. So I was teaching, you know, a handful of boutique group fitness classes. Um, and constantly towards like the end of the class or kind of being pulled aside would be asked, Hey, you know, how should I fuel for this workout or, Hey, what could I eat for this? And I remember coming home and, um, you know, speaking to at that time was my boyfriend, now husband, but was like, you know, I can tell them what I do, but I feel like there's gotta be something like that you can be to like offer this advice, like, mm-hmm. you know, like factually and like, you know, right. with, with confidence and, yes. and expertise. Yep. And he's like, why don't you look into it? Maybe there's like a nutrition program. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, searching and I went to NYU as an undergrad and believe it or not, NYU has one of the top um, RD and master's programs right. in nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I went back to my alma mater and was like, you know, let me, let, let me just look into the program. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I applied, um, and got in and started the journey towards becoming a registered dietitian mm-hmm. and, um, and then received my master's in clinical nutrition. Right. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I know actually, um, I had some friends go to grad school at NYU for, um, RDs seemed pretty intense, actually. Um, it was an intense yep. program. I remember thinking to myself, it's unfair that we basically have to do almost more than half of what a doctor does. Um, We have to take a, you know, like a licensed exam and -hmm. pass like boards. And Mm -hmm. we have to actually also work and do a residency in a clinical institution. So it's definitely very legit. Yes, definitely. Um, And I know you have a lot of experience with that. Um, Great. Thanks for sharing that with us. And so in this episode, I know we could really talk nutrition, you know, for anybody, but we are going to focus on women's health, especially for, you know, perimenopause and menopause. And let's just start with how does that look different, um, you know, for women going through that rather than, you know, some just basic nutrition. So perimenopause and menopause, you know, obviously for women it occurs at different you know, ages and sort right. of phases of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically I'm seeing, you know, sort of the perimenopause pre-pre probably kick in in the late thirties mm-hmm. um, and oh. kind of, yeah, late thirties. Earlier, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably full-fledged, you see some more concrete symptoms in the early forties and then really kind of in like the late forties into the early fifties. So you've got a few different phases happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest 
sort of symptoms or things to sort of pay attention to are I, for many, the PMS sort of gets more pronounced. Right. And so then you're wondering why all of a sudden am I feeling it more? Mm-hmm. And this could be from hormonal changes right. as you have, you know, left one decade and entered a new decade. Mm-hmm. Um, it also could be, you know, lifestyle, stress. Um, a lot of people, you know, start motherhood journeys, you know, in this right. time and have to juggle motherhood, parenthood, and, and, you know, professional life. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a lot of combinations of things that could sort of bring on the onset of these symptoms. Right. So I always say that, you know, for nutrition, it's really important to make sure that you're not forgetting to eat because a lot of times, most of my clients in this phase forget <laughs> to eat. They so that's I say, I see that all the time. Like yep. I have clients, I'm like, maybe have a granola bar so you don't pass out. Well, they forget to bring, they forget that they can yep. snack because they're like, mm-hmm. I don't want snack. But mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, I forgot to eat lunch. Right. But I don't have time to eat lunch. I mean, I'm guilty of that also. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll eat lunch at three o'clock. I'm like, oh, time for lunch. And right. I think that's important because, so, you know, gone are the days where our biggest and heaviest meal should be our dinners. Right. We really should be nourished during the day because that's when it's like following your circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. So I, my biggest advice to, to, to women in this, in this phase, mm-hmm. um, or prolonged phases right. is that you need to eat from when your body is awake to mm-hmm. when your body is slowly starting to wind down mm-hmm. and you kind of almost need to train your body for the hours to be pretty much an hour right. or so after you wake up to no mm-hmm. later than 7, 7 30 PM. So in yep. that time frame is when yep. you should capitalize mm-hmm. and maximize your caloric intake. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm way off. (laughs) I was going to say, so I'm probably I'm pre pre perimenopause or maybe I'm probably like early, early perimenopause. I've had some light symptoms for maybe like over a year, year and a half ish. And, um, you know, I wake up at seven and this morning I ate breakfast at, um, actually right before we started recording. So 10, um, And then a lot of times I'll have dinner at nine, like by the time I, you know, I'm putting my kids to bed, like I don't have time to eat for myself. So I'm making them dinner at six, even though I should be eating then. And then I eat dinner like eight 39, nine 30. And then, yeah. (laughs) So good to know. Yeah. No, and here's the thing. I will say until it actually affects Mm -hmm. you or affects people, Mm -hmm that's when the light bulb might click. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? So right. for some people, I'm not saying nutrition or genes are on their side, mm-hmm. but it doesn't affect oh, them as much. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And then as I get more into perimenopause, it might affect me more. And then I could start making the changes. Well, so the, the biggest sort of trend that I hear, and the reason why I'm emphasizing the circadian rhythm is because most people start saying, I'm starting to see unwanted weight gain, or I'm right. starting hear to hear that see- a lot, right. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, or I'm starting to see a little bit of my belly flap sort of mm-hmm. more, it's more apparent. Yeah. Or all of a sudden what I used to do, I'm seeing mm-hmm. that some, I can't rebound as quickly. Right. Yeah. So then we start talking through what are those patterns, mm-hmm. but how to optimize and have the same joy in right. what you are doing, mm-hmm. but in a more optimal way. Right. So for example, 
three big topics of nutrition, like three big Mm -hmm. sort of tips in that, within that window. Right. Um, One, I make sure that I emphasize including, um, balance macros at every meal. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't want to eat three meals, but at least- What do you mean by balanced macros for people who might not know what that means? Sure. So it is not eliminating starch. We not, know eliminate, carbs, not eliminating. Correct. We okay. know carbs are not great for you, mm-hmm. but they are energy. And if you eat them smartly, they play a very positive role in helping sort of the metabolism and the digestion and absorption mm-hmm. alongside the protein and mm-hmm. the fiber that you might have at your on your plate. So for example, okay. I encourage people if they're going to have breakfast, some people you know may not get hungry and their first meal might be 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if that is the case, I still have them try to wrap up by seven. But let's say your first meal is around you know, 9, 10 and that, that is breakfast. Um, usually like for me, I would suggest sort of a design of like maybe two eggs, like a two egg omelet, maybe a slice of toast with that. And maybe, you know, a quarter cup of, or a third of cup of fruit with a little bit of yogurt, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that would be a balanced macro. Um, or for lunch, it could be, you know, if you are doing like a a rice bowl, it would be a Mm -hmm. portion of rice. So, and and understanding the portion control, Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the portion of protein, whether it's, you know, grilled chicken, ground turkey, taco meat, ground beef, um, fish, whatever it might be. Um, and then vegetables. Right. And then, you know, sort of like pairing that together. Mm -hmm. Um, similarly for dinner, it could be something simple, like a, you know, piece of fish Uh in portion, grilled vegetables and Uh another small portion of rice, or perhaps potatoes or sweet Mm -hmm. potatoes instead, or, Uh or like French fries, um, you know, something like that, like homemade or frozen, you know, like there's mm. tons of brands or you can use an air fryer. So that sort of is like the design I try to emphasize within okay. circadian rhythm. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you want to know what I had for breakfast? <laughs> Yogurt? No, I had coffee and two chicken sausages mm. and a cup of grapes. I tried, like I, it was limited time. I only had 15 minutes. So I had two chicken sausages, grapes, and like a little like oatmeal bite thing. That oh I, yeah. Like the little. Yeah. Yeah. That I, those I make and I just keep on hand because it has like some protein in it. It's like oatmeal, almond butter. So that was sort of my quick breakfast. That sounds, that sounds balanced though, because you've got the Which protein, is, right. you've got, the, was, and you've got yeah. the fruit. Right. So yay me. <laughs> that was done. I make, you know, I'll try to make stuff. Like I had grapes washed in the fridge and chicken sausages already made in the fridge. So um, that was my quick breakfast. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, understanding quick tips. Like for mm-hmm. example, you may not have a lot of time, but you can right. always pull eggs out. Or yeah. as you said, having fruit, you know, like already washed, washed mm-hmm. just there. Or having, you know, those containers of yogurt readily mm-hmm. in the fridge to grab or, right. or something even simple like a string cheese. Um, mm-hmm. Having nut butter and a tablespoon mm-hmm. next to it. So, you know, how much to, to consume. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other big part of the nutrition advice I always like to emphasize is that, you know, it's not about, oh, I heard this, or I heard that this Mm -hmm. may not be good for me. Everything is trial and error. Mm -hmm. So as you're starting to see certain things that you Mm -hmm. used to eat, maybe not 
not like be like affect you negatively now. Right. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that it's all bad for you. It mm-hmm. could be that the way that you're consuming it, the the what you're consuming it with, mm-hmm. or the time that you're consuming it could be not helpful. So right. like I could even just move my entire routine up by two hours and probably get a better night's sleep. You would, you would, you know, (laughs) hands down, if you ate your dinner earlier, you'd be hungrier earlier in the morning, right? Because many times you probably do finish your dinner in the eight or nine nine PM range. Yeah. You are inherently not as hungry when you wake up. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I'm going to make that shift. Um, (laughs) all right. So let's talk a little bit, you know, a lot of my clients are now, and, you know, in our practice, we're, especially for menopause, like we're really trying to help women like build a little bit more muscle and talk about bone density and avoid osteoporosis and things like that. So what are some foods that can help people build muscle for, for menopause? So I have become a, you know, a fan favorite of incorporating collagen powder Mm -hmm. in a lot of the foods that I eat. For example, Mm -hmm. If I'm having a yogurt bowl, I will mm-hmm. take two scoops of collagen powder, which yields about 20 grams of protein mm-hmm. um, and mix it into the yogurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the going advice right now is to try to achieve hundred grams of protein per day as baseline. Whoa, that is way more than I thought. Yes. I thought it was 30. Wasn't it, it used to be 30 or then maybe 60? No. So it used to be, I mean, the, the old school calculation was like 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram body weight. However, it's moved up to one gram protein Uh per kilogram of body weight. And now it's closer to like 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So let's do a quick calculation. Yeah. I'm like, cause that I am not, I have a trouble. Give me your, <laughs> I'm not give following. Me your, give me your average mm-hmm. weight in pounds. Okay. So I'm 120. So 120. So you divide that by 2.2 and that's about 50, 55 kilograms, let's say. So 55 okay. kilograms. Now back in the day times 0.8 would have been 44 grams of protein per day. Okay. okay. Now 55 times one, obviously is 55. And that's right. what like maybe a handful of years ago, it moved up. Uh-huh. And now your, your baseline baseline is 66 grams of protein. Okay. So my grams are six, I should be getting like 66 protein. At, that's the protein. minimum. At minimum. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, definitely not getting that. Well, so <laughs> it, it would be, so my recommendation would be between 66 and hundred grams per day because like the thing is, is most of us can't physically eat that much. Right. right? We, we don't have, number one, yeah. we don't have the time. Number two, right. like the attention to sit and mm-hmm. consume, there's too many things, distractions mm-hmm. like to do is going on. So it's hard, which is why I think when you are eating, boosting your, mm-hmm. the things and the foods that you're eating in ways might help. For example, mm-hmm. the collagen powder can be added to, right. it can be added to a, oatmeal bowl. Like if you're making mm-hmm. oatmeal, you can add it. It could be added to like a sauce or mm-hmm. a soup or a stew. It's unflavored and mm-hmm. just mixed in. It could be added to something that you're baking into, oh, yeah. okay. you know, into yeah. a batter. Um, we do, I, I add a lot of, to most of my homemade, like pancake mat batters. Mm-hmm. I think I add collagen powder to it mm-hmm. um, for just for the extra boost. So that's, right one way to help build muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the precursor to, for conversion of basically fat to muscle. Okay. The other, um, you know, obviously 
animal protein is the most mm-hmm. um, dynamic form of protein. So eggs are great to incorporate mm-hmm. lean sources of protein, such as ground meats, fish, mm-hmm. um, you know, grilled chicken. Um, the, the key is lean, lean, even flank steak. It doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. it could still be red meat. It's just like a right. good part of it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the plant-based side, mm-hmm. nuts and seeds, like mm-hmm. nut butters, right. Seeds such as hemp seeds can be sprinkled on anything. And one tablespoon usually yields between six and eight grams. So it's great because like right. yeah. you can add it to like a top of a salad or, yeah. you know, a soup or something. You know what I actually make, um, put in one of my recipes here, I make for my daughter, We I call it a banana split and I slice a banana. She eats this for breakfast sometimes, like um, a banana lengthwise. So it's two, you know, long bananas. And then I put almond butter on top of it. And then I give her um, hemp hearts, like hemp seeds, and she sprinkles them on. And then she puts chocolate chips on top. Totally. And like that. And then we were I'm like, oh yeah, this is a banana split. And now she thinks this is what a banana split is. So, um, you know, and that's actually really a quick breakfast. Um, but by the way, that can also be replicated yeah. for women in this phase because mm-hmm. it's a great snack to right. have. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, it's a great breakfast. It's a great mini meal. It's a great mm-hmm. snack. It's, you know, it could be incorporated at 10 AM yeah. um, at two to 3 PM when you're sort of, sort of, mm-hmm. feeding, sort of yeah. like slump. Um, right. yeah. yeah. So, right. I make it for her. I should try eating it myself. Yeah. And for you, but, a half portion yeah, yeah. of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. And so, um, sorry, did you want to go back any more about building muscle? Um, oh yeah. So, yeah. and the other thing probably I would say is that if you, if you're not having any issues with consumption or digestion of dairy, mm-hmm. um, you could continue incorporating whole milk, Greek yogurt into your diet. You could consume, um, probiotic yogurt like Skyr. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have, you know, low moisture cheeses such as mm-hmm. feta or goat or mozzarella that don't have the heavy impact that cow's milk cheeses have on the GI right. mm-hmm. um, and incorporate those in portion throughout, mm-hmm. you know, throughout your right. meals. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, I'm also lactose intolerant, so I only eat goats and um, sheep's milk cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and let's, I want to just talk about, you know, protein a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously now that I know I need 66 grams of protein, but, you know, growing up, in sort of like a health fitnessy space, you didn't really didn't hear about protein. And now it's, I, I mean, rightly so, but it seems like it's also like very trendy. Right. Um, and I know like, I'm always making sure telling the kids, like whenever you eat, make sure you have something protein with it. So it's like what protein food even goes with that, like ice cream, you know? Um, can you just talk a little bit about why that's gotten so, I guess, buzzword worthy? Yep. It's becoming highlighted a lot, um, especially in the last like probably year and a half. So, you know, growing up, I'm an eighties baby. I grew up mm-hmm. in Texas, um, where everything was, you know, bigger right. yeah. So, um, from hair to yeah, food, yeah. everything. To bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was interesting, you know, growing up as an immigrant child in the eighties in Texas, you know, portion control was a like, really the biggest challenge because, you right. would get a plate of, you know, mm-hmm. for example, we'd go out to Mexican food and right. your plate would have mm-hmm. you know, three enchiladas mm-hmm. and, you know, a big thing of rice and beans, right. 
a few pieces of iceberg lettuce and tomato, mm-hmm. right. and then you have chips and salsa and guacamole yeah. on the side, yeah. and that's your meal. I mean, that um, sounds delicious. Is delicious, and we yeah. were vegetarians, so right. we were uh, okay. Vegetarians. So uh-huh. there was no meat, and mm-hmm. that was it. And it was like you know eight dollars for the plate, so it was like a steal. Right. Um, and my mom was like a big like you know you gotta finish your plate, you know, yeah. kind of like no wasting uh-huh. food. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, that sort of in the eighties and just the culture was, you know, you get, you, you get served, you eat what you, you, on eat what you put on your plate. Yeah. I was the same. Yep. And you don't question mm-hmm. the nutritional concept of it because it, you know, it's food is fuel. So, right. um, and I think like, you know, with the era of how, you know, the food conglomerate started growing, like the, the Nabisco's and the Pepsico's and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the Danons and like, you know, all these companies right. sort of came into play and, um, the products that they created, I think the focus at the time was fat because mm-hmm. right. fat was what was, you know, heart disease and mm-hmm. cholesterol and, mm-hmm. you know, it, fat makes you fat. Like that's kind right. of what it was. Mm-hmm. And nobody really paid attention to protein. Mm-hmm. Um, also in like, you know, the time, you know, I feel like in the eighties and nineties, that's like when there was like the hustle, like the American dream. Mm-hmm. And so, time is limited and protein right. is one of those things that takes time. Yeah. So, and a lot of it, you know, like the frozen concept of protein was limited. Right. Um, now you can go to Trader Joe's and get mm-hmm. a bag of, or Costco and yeah. get a bag of wild caught salmon filet mm-hmm. and be able to meal prep strategically. Mm-hmm. But back then that wasn't available. Right. So it required a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quality, I can't say of the protein was, Probably as what it is today, right? Yes. So, you know, I think, and now we're like asking questions. We're trying to reach out to farms. We're trying to do wild. We're trying to get like small batch. And, you know, there's so so many um, more avenues to find the quality that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But that's part of the reason why protein was really never discussed. And then of course, everything that comes out is based on evidence usually. Mm -hmm. So it's like evidence-based research has been showing that to stave off chronic disease, to, to fight, you know, maybe even your genetic predisposition of what might inevitably happen to you after a certain Mm -hmm. time, protein is the number one macro to incorporate into your daily diet Mm -hmm. to help with that. In addition, as we age, we lose muscle and protein is what helps prevent that muscle to fat loss. I mean, you've, you know, there were days where I remember I used to see my grandma and she'd have like saggy arms and be like, what's up with that? And (laughs) nobody could answer me. But now, like when I look back and think about it, she wasn't eating protein and her Mm -hmm. her muscles were, you know, wearing away and she was Mm -hmm. just being flabby and, and like age, it's age. So it's a very normal life cycle situation. So, um, Protein is the macro that is now, you know, heavily, heavily advised to incorporate in whether it's plant-based or Mm -hmm. animal-based and how many ever different multiple ways you can incorporate it into one meal throughout the day as much as possible. It is what's going to give you energy. It actually, there are studies that show that adequate protein helps uh, promote adequate sleep patterns, Mm -hmm. save off, you know, hunger cues, like unwanted hunger cues and hopefully, you know, with adequate practice, prevent the conversion of muscle to fat, as well as stave off chronic disease, particularly Mm -hmm. heart disease and diabetes. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when you say, I mean, that all makes a lot of sense. 
So does that mean for people like every time they sit down to eat, should they be having like a protein food with no matter what, like no matter when they're eating. So during breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks should all include the protein. Yes. And it sounds daunting. So mm -hmm. I always say start small. So mm -hmm. maybe you think you wake up and by the time you're ready for breakfast, it's 930 and you're like, oh, I can't, I don't think I can handle two eggs. Mm -hmm. Okay. No problem. Maybe one egg, mm -hmm. maybe one egg with a slice of cheese. Mm -hmm. And a piece of toast that's whole grain that has like three grams to four grams of protein per slice. Mm -hmm. Then you've got like, you know, 15 grams right there. And right. that okay. may not be, you know, that may not be your 20 grams mm -hmm. or 25 or 30 grams that you should try to break down and achieve, but mm -hmm. that's still something. Right. Um, or maybe you have the yogurt bowl, which shows mm -hmm. like, for example, Skyr yogurt, like um, the probiotic yogurt is like 15 grams of protein per five ounces. Mm -hmm. You add two scoops of collagen and that's mm -hmm. 20 plus 30, 15, that's 35 grams of protein in a, in a, in a yogurt bowl. Right. And you know, you might actually add like a tablespoon of nut butter, some mm -hmm. hemp seeds, a quarter cup of fruit, and you might have that as your big bang breakfast, mm -hmm. you know, not have to stress out about having something more like more substantial, like lunch, you know, you can right. balance it out. And just for, um, so I can like mentally, you know, see visualize. Grams. Yeah. Like, let's say for lunch, you have, you know, a salad with like a piece of grilled chicken. So how much, like how much protein is a, you know, a serving so, of chicken so or like a hamburger, let's say. Yes. Yeah, so typically we say a palm portion mm -hmm. is like what serving would be sort of the size of your palm. Well, it's like three to four ounces and mm -hmm. you want to have like two palm portions. Okay. If you're mm -hmm. using like cut up meat, like grilled chicken cut up or something, mm -hmm. or like grilled chicken thighs cut up, usually scoop out a, a cup and a half. Okay. Same and like for like ground meat as well. Right. But like how many grams of protein would that be ish? Like just if um, I know you can't answer exactly, but like approximately. Uh, seven grams of protein is like, for example, in one egg and a piece mm -hmm. of grilled chicken usually depending on, I guess the quantity, four ounces yields, I would say around the same, like eight to 12 grams. Mm -hmm. uh, so like if you're eating chicken, that's probably, probably 20 like something grams, 20, 20, -ish yeah, grams. 20 plus, okay. 20 plus. Oh, so it's like, if I'm trying to get my 66 grams, if I'm having like beef and vegetable for dinner, let's say that's 20 grams. And for lunch, I have chicken salad, that's another 20 grams breakfast. I have a couple eggs. That's let's say 10 grams. If I have two well, eggs, eggs is like or... 15 grams. Okay. So that's, I'm already at like 55 and then mm -hmm. I have some snacks with like some almond butter, right? All, apple. You could have butter. like, you know, I don't know, 10 walnuts, you right. know, 10 pecans, if you feel like it, or like uh, 15 almonds, something like so that. I could get. 66 grams. You would easily achieve 66 because mm -hmm. uh, some of the starch product products that we consume also have protein. Have protein. In them. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the vegetables we consume also have some protein in them, mm -hmm. like right. more fiber than anything, but depending mm -hmm. on like, it's not, it's not like, so it's not direct protein. Like I, I mm -hmm. take that back actually. Like, let's rewind. Vegetables <laughs> I was about to be like, what vegetables have protein? <laughs> <laughs> they're not a source of protein. Okay. What they do is they offer a source of fiber, sorry, that counteracts mm -hmm. with the starch and the protein. So let's just eliminate anything mm -hmm. I said about vegetables here. Yep. Mostly just focus on the animal sources and the mm -hmm. plant-based sources, but the plant-based right. sources are specifically nuts and seeds. Right. Okay. 
sounds good. All right. So yeah, that'll be my, one of my 2024 goals is to try to get my 66 grams of protein. And take pictures actually mm -hmm. of what you're eating and kind of seeing because mm -hmm. it's not as overwhelming as you might think. Yeah. Well, I might, yeah. I mean, yesterday for breakfast, I was also short on time. So I, I just had a bunch of like flaxseed crackers with like a half a log of goat cheese. That's not bad either. But like, I was like, oh, I got some, right? Starch and some protein. Yes, <laughs> yes, and yes. It was, goat cheese is, yeah, it was delicious. Um, So let's, let's go a little bit. I mean, this is some questions from some of my clients because I do have a lot of clients with, um, various thyroid issues and just how would you approach working with someone who has a thyroid issue? So usually the first step is if they've, you know, been, if it's been recognized, diagnosed, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, I typically as a dietitian like to look at the blood work. I like mm -hmm. to just see where, um, you know, their TSH or T3 or T4 or, um, you know, whatever other markers that might've been assessed autoimmune related fall. Mm -hmm. Um, and then from there we discuss symptoms, um, and maybe time frame and health history. And then we'll go into, you know, if it's a hyper or a hypothyroid, we'll go into understanding what the client's lifestyle is like. So mm -hmm. like a day to day mm -hmm. and we start tweaking from optimizing their schedule and their intake. So okay. it's not just, you know, I come in and I say, you can't eat X, Y, and Z. Right. It's more of like, what do you eat? Okay. How can we make this better? Mm -hmm. And how can we make this better and consistent? Mm -hmm. And then how can we supplement what you're eating with your behavioral patterns and lifestyle patterns to complement that the nutrition changes you make are impactful? Right. So it's a combination. It's like a multifaceted approach, especially right. with autoimmune issues such as Hashimoto's or Graves' mm -hmm. disease that fall into that. There's no one term, oh, you have thyroid issues. This. It's like very individualized. Yes, because one causes weight gain mm -hmm. and one causes weight loss. Right. Yep. And with weight loss, there's other issues like anxiety and palpitations. And with weight mm -hmm. gain, it could be horm something hormonally also in conjunction. Right. Yeah. And the, which is, I guess, why it, it um, is really beneficial to also, you know, have the client's blood work too. But going back to our mm -hmm. previous conversations, the yep. one thing I will uh -huh. incorporate in these diet plans is protein. Protein. Yes. <laughs> it could, I saw that one coming. It comes back full circle. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. More protein. So um, let's talk supplements a little bit you know, there's so much talk about supplements and like, I've experimented a little bit, this and that, and you hear the supplements good for you. Oh, two months later, the supplements terrible for you. Don't take that. So, you know, I guess, what do you think about supplements? Are there any that you like? And are there any that you're like, you know what, I, I don't recommend taking the supplement. Sure. So supplements are an interesting conversation for a dietitian because, you know, our goal is to help people have a proactive approach mm -hmm. to health. Right. To um, not need the supplements. I correct. Or not get to the point uh, where it, it's, it's, a, it's trying to be a solution. Um, so the way and the, the way supplements work or the reason, I guess the rationale for, and this is obviously my opinion, mm -hmm. but it's also what I've been seeing mm -hmm. is that people don't have enough time to eat healthy, to eat yeah. 
enough good food. Mm-hmm. If you were to actually eat enough good food, mm-hmm. a good time frame that mm-hmm. your body can metabolize, that you right. can actually feel the effects of good nutrition, good fuel, you may not most likely even need any supplements. Like it's more of a thing that it's an enhancement, mm-hmm. not a filler. So mm-hmm. when people come to me and they're like, what, you know, can I, I came across this um, capsule called the um, ho- happy hormone capsule. And right. I'm like, what's in it? And they're like, uh-huh. it has, you know, rhodiola and it has goat, goats, you know, I don't know, some herb and yeah. then it'll have ashwagandha. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, well, all of these herbs or spices uh-huh. or, you know, items, ingredients mm-hmm. are all studied in isolated forms. Right. Um, and showing, you know, little things like improvement in X and improvement mm-hmm. in Y. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at all the bottles, it says, you know, re- you know, facts not regulated by the FDA. Right. So not, F- not FDA regulated. Right. And the FDA is whatever, in my opinion, but like <laughs> a lot of these, like yeah. who are they? They approve right. some things, don't approve some yeah, things, yeah. regulate some things, don't regulate some things. But when you go to Europe, it's totally different. And then you go to Asia mm-hmm. and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion with supplements is this, obviously do your best in whatever capacity without causing yourself stress or anxiety mm-hmm. to eat as balanced or wholesome as you can. Try mm-hmm. to make those steps first. Mm-hmm. If you feel like, some of that is going in the right direction, but you need some extra help. Mm-hmm. Supplements such as, for example, maybe mm-hmm. your vitamin D is low. That could help. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe magnesium has been recommended because, and which form is specific to, because you might have sleep issues still. Right. That's you what might- I take. Well, I take the calm drink. Um, calm drink. Yeah. That we actually helped one of my first perimenopause symptoms was I started waking, like I've always slept through the night and then um, I started waking up and then as soon as I, so I started taking the calm drink, which is magnesium. Right. And now I can sleep through the night usually. So you take it right. Like you take it kind of like as a bedtime drink, right? Yeah. Like I make it sort of like a tea, like before bed. Right. So there's versions of that. And there's mm-hmm. also like, you know, the chamomiles and the lavenders, mm-hmm. the peppermints right. and things mm-hmm. like that as well. Like just like those teas. Right. And then there's also, there's magnesium spray. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you spray on your, I you know, actually just bought that. <laughs> is it like better you brand or something? Like that? I don't know. I got lavender magnesium body spray. And I thought maybe if I like massage it into my kids before bed, they'll fall asleep. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't have my kids yet, but I had tried a version on my calves. And let me uh-huh. tell you, it definitely stimulates. It does, yeah. 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 It promotes sleep pretty well. I'll try to um, use it for myself. That's so funny. No, I, so yeah, so magnesium and there's also magnesium recommended for like GI and like right. just helping with like bloating and those mm-hmm. types of sensations, um, especially when you are trying to eat more healthy and eat more fiber uh-huh. and new foods. Um, I'm also, you know, I also try to encourage and recommend a daily probiotic because I uh-huh. think right. that is something that can really benefit um, mm-hmm. and there's evidence for it, um, you know, gut yeah. health. Um, and then there's like vitamin C, you know, and vitamin C sort of mm-hmm. deviance for immunity. Um, yeah. but you know, honestly, a clementine a day could, could be that dose, you uh, know, yeah. not. right, right. So I don't have like any specific go-to brands, but I do uh-huh. like thorn and pure encapsulations just because okay. they have 
a pretty good medical and evidence-based backing mm-hmm. with their recommendation with like, yeah. you know, their mm-hmm. um, products. Um, and so as with anything, trying supplements is trial and error, right? Just like medication, they have side effects. Uh, there are, mm-hmm. you know, symptoms that are associated with like nausea. You might feel mm-hmm. like you might have a light headache. Um, mm-hmm. especially if you, if you go right in and take the recommended dose that you're supposed to take. Right. Um, and so, you know, you just have to be cognizant of that. Yeah. Well, I feel like I could have just saved myself a lot of money, um, to get through. I mean, it's January right now. This will not be aired for a couple of weeks, but, um, just to get through break and like, you know, the kids and everyone gets sick and I have a doula client do. So I've been buying like those wellness shots and I've been having like one a day. Um, I'm like, just make it through until this birth, like don't get sick. Um, and I, sounds like I could have just eaten a couple oranges. <laughs> I mean, sure. In theory, but then, you mm-hmm. know, we don't know the looming germs, right, right. but like yeah. my point, my point is that, or like, you know, like maybe like a palm portion of like yeah. red peppers, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, pepper sticks, like, you know, as like a crudite or something. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It has impact. Yeah. 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 Um, that makes a lot of sense. Are there any, I mean, are there any supplements that you're like, I really dislike that this is on the market or is that too hard to say? Mm, it's a good question. I, yeah, I mean, I will say that the one thing that I don't even know to this day, if it really matters mm-hmm. are these multivitamins you know, like the multivitamins for like, you know, you know, new chapter or even like the edible gummy versions yeah. that are like, right. you know, women's over 40 multivitamins. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. really think that those are necessary. Mm-hmm. If you don't have an iron deficiency and you get your metabolic panel tested every year at your annual mm-hmm. blood work, and you see that you're, um, you know, that your folates and your irons and all basics, you know, sort of mm-hmm blood markers are within normal limits. And maybe the only thing that deviates is your vitamin D, which is normal mm-hmm. for people who live in colder right. climates anyway, yeah. between October and March, mm-hmm. um, more so then I, I feel like that might be the only supplement you really could mm-hmm. avoid. Um, mm-hmm. and then you could isolate and do certain specific ones. Right. Like yeah. you were diagnosed with diabetes and you were told to consider berberine as an, as a supplement to help, you know, sort of enhance your body's uptake of blood yeah. you know, of, of insulin, or maybe you have high cholesterol and you were suggested to take red yeast rice or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are some, you know, if this, then that right. sort of, you know, suggestions. Yeah. Um, and I'm not opposed to those things. So mm-hmm. it's really the, the person's choice right. and if they can tolerate. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, sounds like I can also save some money on buying multivitamins also. Um, which bad if anyone yeah, out there is like, oh shoot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. And another, um, question from someone in our community and a lot of our, I mean, this is stagging back to like postnatal. I know we're mainly talking about, you know, perimenopause and menopause, but, um, especially postpartum clients uh-huh. will get hemorrhoids and are, are there any like diets or foods or things that can help that? I definitely think if, if hemorrhoids sort of developed during pregnancy and mm-hmm. might have continued a little bit. Right. And then they continue. Yep. Yes. Um, I, a probiotic 
does wonders. So okay. Renew Life is a good brand. I personally take Renew Life mm-hmm. um, myself. Um, I started taking it during between pregnancies. And the reason I took it was because I was diagnosed with group B strep. Um, oh, I had that too. Yeah. So I was swabbed and I was, yep. you know, that, and the, like, they give you kind of like the number and I'm like, I don't know what yeah. that means, but I remember right. understanding it after the fact and being like, uh-huh. that's why I was feeling this symptom uh-huh. and that symptom, right. and this mm-hmm. symptom. So I started taking the probiotic mm-hmm. and it was like this, this version I take is formulated for reproductive and vaginal health. Mm-hmm. And it's like 90 billion bacteria, all the different mm-hmm. strains. And for my second pregnancy, mm-hmm. I had groupie strep again, but I didn't feel nearly I even like symptoms. probably a third of the symptoms. Right. And my number that showed mm-hmm. up on the swab test was significantly less. Huh. Um, so I started taking it after and it, it definitely, you know, helped regulate because part of the hemorrhoids is also just the, the, balance and the regulation of mm-hmm. of bowel movements and sort of like that whole process. Right. Um, I mean, the not- only thing I know to do is just drink a lot of water. Yeah. So drink a lot of water, obviously try to take a daily probiotic. Um, you know, fiber is good. You don't want too much. You don't want too little. So I wouldn't right. go with the crazy cruciferous vegetables, like the cabbages and mm-hmm. the broccoli, but I will ensure, I would suggest like, you know, if you're, if you're going to have, you know, if you can do a balanced plate, like have some grilled vegetables and grilled is obviously, is probably going to be more tolerable. Right. Um, GI wise. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, um, a stir fry right. or, um, you know, just sort of like a mix and match mm-hmm. um, this way. And then some prebiotics, prebiotics such as, you know, garlic and onion, if you don't have a sensitivity to any of those, okay. you can use those and they become probiotics in the right. gut, create that. Yeah. You know, Cause yeah. I mean, hemorrhoids are, it's, it's an external thing, but at the same time, like allowing for a smoother sort of flow, Mm -hmm. um, could make, could make a difference. difference. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You do want to probably avoid heavy dairy, you know, sodium, more sodium rich foods or sodium rich condiments, you know, more than portion, probably also processed foods. Obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have to eat some processed foods, but like, you know, just be more aware. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that's really helpful. Excited to pass that information on. I think that can definitely help a lot of people. And let's talk just, you know, three tips, like every episode, I just end with three tips that, um, you know, you could give to people that they can start incorporating today, incorporating into their routine to just, you know, try to be a little bit healthier, let's say. Yeah, sure. Um, tip number one is consume your dinner early and your dinner shouldn't be your heaviest meal. Mm-hmm. It should actually be your lightest meal. So you want to make sure you have enough calories for when your body is working throughout the day and yeah. a nourished, like a wholesome nourishing dinner, but like on early side and early means right. pretty much for women in our age, like in the forties to fifties, six o'clock. Like oh, six that's seven, early. That's early. Like that's yeah. dinner. Wow. We call it the early bird special. If you, if you bonus yeah. points, you get five, five thirty. but, wow. um, but if you eat the right combination of stuff, uh-huh. you're not, you won't be hungry. So I think we have to get the calories. I think, I mean, this is what happens to me. I feel like with most of my clients is we're eating most of our calories later in the day. Even if like, I always at breakfast is just later and it's like later. Cause it's a more time thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really almost like reversing reversing it. 
Yes. So you start reversing it. Like you maybe prepone by 30 minutes, by 45 mm -hmm. minutes, by an hour, keep moving backwards and backwards and backwards. And then you right. get to that <clears throat> point. Oh. And then, you know, it then yeah. like, it's the same thing. It's like how, what you do in your day impacts mm -hmm. how you sleep and how you sleep impacts how right. you eat and mm -hmm. so forth. It's like that cycle. Yeah. Um, the second tip probably would be as soon as you wake up, hydrate mm -hmm. with, if you can, with a Coffee. little bit of <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, actually, believe it or not, I don't, I don't say coffee because so I mentioned circadian rhythm earlier in the conversation mm -hmm. and, and I really believe in this, you know, your bodies have a natural wake time and a natural sleep time. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you go to work, right? A lot of people are like, what are your hours for work? Well, it's nine to five right. and your body's typically wake up in the 5 a.m., 6 p.m., 6 a.m. range. And then mm -hmm. they kind of start winding down in the 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. range. So you don't want to give it overtime and make it do work. Oh, got it. Overtime. Yeah, yeah. Similarly, yeah. because you might want coffee at 7.30, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean your body needs coffee at 7.30 or 8 in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's only been awake maybe for a few hours. So technically mm -hmm. you could push your coffee to more mm -hmm. optimally like a 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Mm -hmm. And that will give you that mojo you need to avoid uh, that to get through the day. slump. Interesting. You've, I'm sure you've had yeah. at like two or three o'clock to want something or- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just, I'll keep eating until I get, that's when I'm like, oh, I need protein. Cause it's like, I'll keep eating. I like, I can't get satiated at two or three. Right. And then I'll almost eat. Yeah. I'm either eating lunch then, which is not ideal at all. Um, or it's like, I'll have just enough time for like a light lunch at, or just something at like 11. So then, or if I wait to have breakfast at 11, then I'm having lunch at like two or three. Right. As opposed to shifting everything back. I actually have heard that like, more ideal time is not coffee as soon as you wake up, but like two to three hours after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm more like coffee around nine though. Like not that's bad. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Like I said, similarly, as you are working backwards, mm -hmm. you work later. I mean, it's right. kind of, you know, working, it doesn't mm -hmm. happen tonight. It doesn't, it's not going to happen every day. Right, Some right. days I wake up and I'm like, it's eight 15 and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just need a cup of coffee right now. Right. I just want yeah. it. I have it. My last meal the night before might've been 6 PM. I'm like, I'm, mm -hmm. it's good. It's been 14 hours. I kind of mm -hmm. want it a little bit. So I'm going to yeah. have some coffee. Um, uh -huh. no, not hungry, but want a little, little something. Right. Mm -hmm. So having some warm water or even mm -hmm. just hydrating with regular water, if you can't get yourself to get warm water mm -hmm. bonus, adding, you know, a couple of lemon squeezes in that mm -hmm. warm water. Right. Great options. Mm -hmm. Not not super necessary, but you know, moving towards mm -hmm. that um, yeah. would be my second tip. Mm -hmm. My third tip would probably be um, suggesting you add one vegetable mm -hmm. to what you're eating. So every time you eat, every time you eat. So and in the mornings, if it's hard to do, like, for example, a scrambled egg vegetable hash or something like that. Right. Or like an omelet sauteed with like spinach. Let's say like, I'm never making an omelet and vegetables in the morning. So then my suggestion would be that you double up at lunch or you double okay. up at dinner. So for example, breakfast days as is, lunch mm -hmm. could be a salad or lunch could be sauteed spinach mm -hmm. and then sauteed potatoes. Or mm -hmm. sauteed spinach, sauteed sweet potatoes, sauteed 
um, carrots or, or like, you know, some sort of grilled or roasted asparagus, green beans, mm-hmm. you know, something like that beets, even, mm-hmm. um, dinner could be a same thing. Like a lot yeah. of my clients will take a big tray and mm-hmm. just do like a meal prep sheet pan vegetables. Oh, of cooked put vegetables. It, yeah. Just put it yeah. in a container in the fridge and scoop out, take them right, right. and scoop out. Mm-hmm. A portion. That's a great idea. Cause I do raw vegetables. So like I'll meal prep, like I'll wash and chop or whatever, like I'll, a bunch of vegetables for the week, just for kids lunches and just like cucumbers or like yeah yeah. but I haven't thought about actually cooking them I mean obviously not cucumbers but other vegetables to cook no and the ones I keep well Mm -hmm. um, usually are yeah what's say the longest green beans okay yeah yeah. green beans are the longest without smelling asparagus left starts to smell carrots can get a little mushy if Uh you glaze them a little bit um and you know, potatoes are a starch, sweet potatoes are a starch, but technically I would, I would have yeah them on hand as well. Cause they're better. Right. That's yeah. good to have that as an option. And so you don't have, mm-hmm. to have time to make a pasta or rice or something. Right. Um, and then, I mean, even grilled onions count like, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. peppers and onions. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. So I'm gonna... that would be my three, yeah, yeah. three okay. tips. Those are great. Yeah. Those are great three tips. Um, Thank you. And this has been such an informative episode. I feel like I had a little <clears throat> nutrition myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to start my new nutrition plan. And how can people get in touch with you? Sure. First of all, I would do want to just reiterate that nothing I said in this, in this, you know, sort of dialogue between mm-hmm. us is there's no judgment. You know, right. everything is baby steps for people. And, you know, half the time people are like, oh my gosh, I can do this. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it should be empowering and motivating Mm -hmm. that maybe one small tip could optimize so many facets of your day-to-day, you know, um, or improve something for you. Um, that would be my goal. Uh, if I could, if there was any takeaways. No, that's a great takeaway. That's really, cause I feel like almost it's hard for, I mean, it's very similar with exercise with me, right? It's like people are just, you know, it's hard to get started and they feel like they're going to be judged if like, they're not doing this every day or I give people homework, they didn't do their homework. And it's like, you really, I mean, same with me, like we're all doing the best we can, you know, and you do what you can do. And so, yes, no, absolutely. So I really love that. Mm-hmm. You go, go into it without thinking you have to go crazy with this commitment. Yeah, Just, right. A lot know, of people, like, they think if I'm going in, it's like, okay, I have to do all this. Like, you really don't. Like, And another fun tip know? is this. Mm-hmm. You might have a night where your friends are in town, mm-hmm. or it's like a mom's hanging night, or it's a couple's yep. social night, or it's your mm-hmm. children's child's school fundraiser of some sort, right. or a work party. and you might go out and you might be having a couple of drinks of alcohol mm-hmm. or you might eat some pasta d'oeuvres mm-hmm. or it might be a buffet meal. And maybe the only thing that looks really great and is like raving is, is a pasta. Mm-hmm. You enjoy your night and realize that the next day mm-hmm. starts over. Right. So mm-hmm. you can actually follow certain habits the following mm-hmm. day to mitigate anything that you did the night before. Mm-hmm. just yeah. because you have like one day of like, that's like right. you know, your, your day of fun doesn't mean that it's going to set back all the hard work that you've done. Right. I think that's really important. Like we, yeah, like you need that moderation, like you should be able to enjoy. Yes. I really like that. 
So in conclusion, you know, to get in touch with me, uh, my website is, um, you know, www.anitamerchandani, my first name, last name.com. And um, I do post on Instagram. So my handle is at fit, F-I-T, nut, N-U-T, Anita, like I'm a fit nut. Um, (laughs) And so you can DM me or, you know, follow me for fun tips and, you know, content. Yeah. And just actually one more thing I wanted to talk about when someone does work with you, because I think a lot of people think, oh, if I'm going to work with a dietitian, it's, you know, such this long commitment. Like I go once a week for a year, like, what does it actually look like when you work with someone just to give someone, oh, I could actually have like this many sessions, you know, and then have some like lasting positive impacts. Yeah, I think it could be as, you know, typically it's the initial session is along the session and it's usually just because it's covering the person's history mm-hmm. and analytical, you know, information and then coming up with recommendations and talking through it. Um, typically, once they get that set of recommendations and start slowly working towards it and implementing it, follow-ups are less time and usually get scheduled about three to four weeks um, to be anywhere from two okay. to four weeks after the initial session. Mm-hmm. Many of the clients I work with are are feeling very empowered and independent by session number four okay. um, because they, you know, at that point, they kind of have everything that they need and it's mm-hmm. more implementing it and sustaining mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, and the good thing is now I also accept insurance. So, Ooh, yep. So if you have insurance such as Aetna or Cigna or Blue Cross Blue Shield or United Health, yeah, let's just go through all the insurances you accept. Can you just yes, Aetna, Cigna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare, they all have plans that Mm -hmm. cover nutrition, whether it's fully covered, copay, mm-hmm. deductibles, um, and you know, meeting your deductibles through, through nutrition. Some of them, some of them are very reasonable. Right. Um, and then you get full coverage after that. That's a, that's really that's a, listeners. <laughs> it, it never happened yeah. before. Um, yeah. and also telehealth is covered. So you don't actually have yeah. to physically you can do it from the beauty of your own home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone with insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Calling all insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah call and schedule your session. So that's great. So really like realistically, it doesn't have to be this huge financial investment, especially if you have insurance. That Absolutely. Yeah. And being, and being that I personally only have a telehealth practice, you know, mm-hmm. I do work with the individual, like many referrals come in. Sometimes the insurance providers are not as the plan is not as generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on the case, I do work with the client to be like, well, let's set a package mm-hmm. rate at this. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're thinking. And this is what I can provide. And this way yeah. they get some help that they yeah. need. And mm-hmm. it's not like, it's also, you know, fair for my time, put it that right. way, mm-hmm. but it's helpful, you know, so yeah. they have some things that they can use to yeah. feel empowered. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all really amazing. I love that you take insurance and you know, I loved learning all this. I, I learned a ton. I'm sure my listeners will learn a lot too. And for all my listeners, all of Anita's information will be in the program notes. So you can check there um, in the podcast description for her website and her Instagram. And Anita, thank you so much for joining us. Um, It was really wonderful to have you on today. And for my listeners, if you know anyone who would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And if you would like to connect further with Anita, you're going to visit her website, www.anitamerchandani.com, which will be in the notes for spelling. And see you all next time for the next episode of Beyond the Mat. Thank you so much.